0: Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Five years, 50th, right? So that refers to a Jewish festival Uh, known as the the Festival of Harvest, or Shavuot. It was the Festival of Harvest. People brought their first fruits to the temple, and this festival was kept as a means of giving thanks unto God for a plentiful harvest. And it was celebrated on the 50th day, so after the Passover. Now, do you know what the Passover was? The Passover was the account in the Old Testament when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. But before they were actually able to leave Egypt, God sent 10 plagues on the land to persuade Pharaoh to let his people go. But the last plague, they were told, the children of Israel, all the believers, were told to take the blood of a lamb and paint it on their doorposts. And at midnight, the death angel would come and would take the firstborn in every household in Egypt, except where the blood of the lamb was, the angel would pass over, and the firstborn would not die. That's why it's called the feast of the Passover, because the angel of death passed over. And we know that the accounts in the Old Testament are types and shadows of spiritual reality. And we now know that the true lamb that takes away our sins and that causes us to escape death is Jesus Christ who gave his blood for us. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, and we know it says in Leviticus, now I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures this morning, but it's going to be sort of fast because if I don't go sort of fast, I won't be able to cover everything I would like to share with you. So if you do have a notebook and pen, write it down. And then maybe some of them I will have us look up together. But for the most part, I'll just throw out the reference. If you write it down, you're able to then go back and look it up. Okay, but just a brief mention. Leviticus 17.11 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So when we say Jesus shed his blood, we know he gave his life, amen? So in John 1, John the Baptist introduced Jesus and he said, when he saw Jesus coming, he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, Jesus took away the sins. In the Old Testament, say these were our sins, right? All the, the priests, the sacrifices of bulls, of goats and sheep and all that, it sort of appeased God. It covered the sins, but it didn't take the sins away. That's why the Old Testament, their sacrifices for sin had to be continually repeated again and again and again, because the sins were still there, but they were just covered. But now when Jesus came, Jesus, not, he didn't just cover the sins. He took away. There are no sins. No. Your sins have been taken away. You are no longer a slave to sin. It's not just covered, but it's taken away. So now, I want to uh, carry on. So we know that Jesus died for us, right? But now the, the wonderful thing is that after three days he rose again. Mark eight thirty one Mark eight thirty one says and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and by the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So we know that Jesus did not remain dead. He rose again. And that is now what we celebrate. At Easter, we celebrate his death and the resurrection, right? So now at Pentecost, I'll get to what we celebrate. I'll get that in just a minute. But I just want to show, prove through Scripture that Jesus is alive. So in Acts 1.3, Acts 1.3 says... To these, this was now referring to the apostles, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after the resurrection of Jesus, for 40 days, he showed himself at different times and situations to the believers. All right? And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it says, And he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. So he was seen by the the apostle, he was seen by over 500 brethren. So there is infallible. What does infallible mean? It doesn't fail, it's provable. So many people saw him that it was undeniable that he rose from the dead. Amen? Amen. But now they saw him for 40 days. But today we are celebrating the 50th day. So what happened? Let's carry on. So between the day of ascension, we know that the day of ascension was the 40th day when they saw Jesus go up. He was resurrected 40 days earlier. 40 days later he ascended. And now what happened on the 50th day, which is today, the day of Pentecost, we will see that. <clears throat> so first we'll read Acts 1.4. So, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Does anybody here have any idea what the promise of the father the promise of Abraham what was the promise the holy the holy, the holy spirit exactly so for 10 days they waited in Jerusalem for the holy spirit so today on the day of celebration of on the day of pentecost there are three major things that we celebrate number 1 that Jesus is the first fruit of a great and everlasting harvest. So when the harvest has come to fruition and the fruit is there, Jesus was that first fruit. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23, it says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and became the first fruit of those who slept. For since by man came death... What man was that? Adam. By Adam came death. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. What man was that? Jesus, Jesus, right? Right. Because Jesus was fully man and fully God. For, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. That means that Christ was the first one to be raised from the dead, right? He was the first fruit. As I said, this Jewish festival, Shavuot, which was the festival of harvest, they would bring of their first fruits, the first fruits they would bring to the table, to the temple. It was a foreshadow of the reality, spiritual reality of things to come. And now we know that the true first fruit is Jesus Christ. And we, the believers, are his harvest, the harvest, the full harvest, right? But he is first. If Jesus had not ra- raised from the dead been risen, we could not be risen. Yeah. Amen? Yes. Amen? So we celebrate that. And we celebrate the coming of the promise, the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost was the day that we received the Holy Spirit. So this is already two mighty things to celebrate. Today ought to be a big day of celebration. Amen. So John 14, 16, and 17 says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you an other comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and shall be with you. So where is the Holy Spirit? In you. you. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. And if you're not born again, we can fix that. And if you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, we can also fix that. All you have to do is ask. Ask, and you shall receive. Amen? So now the third thing. Okay, so we do understand that before Jesus was, had died and been resurrected and all, the Holy Spirit could only be with the prophets, be with them, but it would not stay in them. Now it can stay in us. That is awesome. And this we celebrate today. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Yo, it's exciting. And another thing we celebrate is the birth of the church and the beginning of what is known as the church age or the age of grace. So Acts 2.41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. After they were, the apostles were filled with power, Holy Ghost power, and preached, their witness, their testimony was so amazing that 3,000 people believed because of what they heard. Wow, we need to preach with such power. Amen? We are not deadheads. No, we've got something amazing, outstanding. Amen. You. If you are born again, you are standing. Oh, yeah. You are a shining light in a very dark world. Amen? Amen. And that's not all. Listen up. Acts four forty four. 44. However, many of those who had heard the word believed, the number of men being about 5,000. This was just a few days later. They had 3,000 just a few days later. 5,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ. Undeniable, so undeniable was the testimony and the proof of the reality of Jesus Christ that the whole crowd, they could not deny it, they could only receive it. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. We indeed serve an almighty God, amen? Now, just before we carry on, I think we should pause a minute and just give thanks. Give thanks that Jesus is the first fruit and that we therefore can be the harvest, right? Give thanks that the Holy Spirit was given, not just to be with us, but in us. And give thanks that the church was born. Imagine how dark the world would be if there were no believers in the world. Thank God the church was born, amen? So we praise praise the Lord a minute for these things. Amen. Let's stand up and praise and give thanks for one minute we really have a lot to be Sticking thankful for. Can, Amen. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, Alleluia, we Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you that you had such humility, humility to die the most cruel death of all for us while we were yet sinners. We didn't even acknowledge you. We were hardened sinners and you humbled yourself to such a great degree. You became the first fruits of a beautiful everlasting harvest. For that we thank you. We thank you. And we thank you for your Holy Ghost and power that you have enabled us and that you now are in us, never to leave us, never to forsake us and to enlighten our hearts and understanding. For that, we thank you. We give great thanks. And we thank you for the birth of the church, the beginning of the church age, the age of grace. Father, we thank you. Father, all of eternity cannot hold enough thanks whereof you are worthy. But we, in our humblest humbleness, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And they all said... Amen, praise the Lord! You may all be seated, please. So now the Holy Ghost is in us. If not, as I said, we can fix that. So, whatever God is, describes his nature and character. Right? So, some misunderstand. Because now, what we are going to talk about, let me explain, today we are going to speak about the Holy Ghost. We so easily say Holy Ghost, but what does that holy, what what are we actually talking about? Let's look into that. So, just to say, some misunderstand God's holiness, they misunderstand it to mean that God will not have anything to do with anyone that's ungodly but that's not true. He has everything to do with the ungodly. If that was not the case, he would have had nothing to do with us because we were all ungodly at one state, right? And his heart is for the ungodly, for God so loved the world, that ungodly world lying in sin and darkness that he gave his only begotten son that if we believe in him, if we will only just believe, humble ourselves and receive, we shall not perish, but have everlasting. Think about that, I say everlasting, we say it so easy. Do you know what that means? I don't think our carnal minds can comprehend ever, ever. You're never gonna die, realize that, realize that. Yo, We have reason to give thanks, no matter what happens in this world, on and around us. We have ever, ever, ever lasting life. Amazing grace, what deep amazing. love, what unmatchable, yeah. amazing, 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 amazing love, amen. Amen. Wow. amen. Richie, so, but now uh, I want to talk about what is holy. What does it mean holy? Now Matthew seven sixteen says you shall know them by their fruits. So if you want to know what something is like, if I want to know what kind of tree is this, and I look up and I see an apple on the tree, then what kind of tree is it? An apple tree. If I look up and I see a pear on the tree, then what kind of tree is it? The pear. But this is now the root of the tree, the whole makeup of the tree, that determines the kind of fruit that it's going to bear. So I can know the fruit the tree by its fruits. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at Galatians or I will just maybe read it because I have Okay, just to say briefly that in John 1:12, we says in John 1:12 it says and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind. So everything an apple tree can only produce another apple tree. A pear tree can only produce another pear tree. A human being can only produce another human being. We bear fruit after our kind. Amen? Amen. So, and then Galatians 5:23, it says, "But the fruit of the Spirit." So now this is now going to help us get to know the Holy Spirit because now we will look at what kind of fruit does the Holy Spirit bear. And that's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Is love good? Yes. Yes. Joy. Is joy good? Yes. Peace. Is it good to have peace? Yes. Long-suffering. That means I'm not easily upset or angered or impatient. Right? Long-suffering, is it good? Yes. Yeah. Long-suffering is good gentleness, be gentle, don't be rough and harsh. Gentle, gentleness is good, I like gentleness, right? Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So the Holy Spirit only bears good fruit. Now this shows, as I said, what's in the name, you see the nature and character. There are many names of God, but it all shows his true nature and character. So this is what God is like. It's one fruit. It doesn't say the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruit. But it's uh, identified in all these beautiful ways. Yeah. And that is the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit when you're born again? In you. Luke seventeen twenty one says the kingdom of God is within you. You don't search here in the road, it is in you. Amen? So in Philippians 4, 8, Philippians 4, eight says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So these are all things that would describe the Holy Spirit. That means we need to think, our thoughts need to be in line with the Holy Spirit. They need to be upright thoughts, clean thoughts, good thoughts, loving thoughts, kind thoughts, forgiving thoughts. Amen? Amen. So that we are. Give because Pro- Proverbs, 23, 7, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, if you are in your, if in your heart and mind, you think vengeance and hatred and all that, you will act like that. You will go and get vengeance, you will hate. But if you think love, forgiveness, kindness, that's how you will behave. Because any behavior, it first starts in your mind. Your mind has to give the impulse to your behavior, how to act. You know, you've got to think about standing up before you stand up. You don't automatically say, find yourself standing up. You think, let's stand up. Like, I say, let's stand up. Okay, fine, stand up. But you, it's not something that came upon you unawares. You thought it and decided to do it. Amen? Mm-hmm. So, now I want to read. First um, Peter one thirteen 13 through 16. First Peter one thirteen 13 through 16. It says, Therefore, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. What? Obedient. 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 That means there's a part I have to do. As obedient children, do not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so be ye holy Holy. in all manner of living, Mm -hmm. because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's a call to holiness. That's a big call now. Excuse me a minute. I think... I'm called to be holy, I should be carrying my Bible. Do I look more holy now? (laughs) Am I truly more holy now? No. No. It's not according to outward appearance, right? Holiness is not anything to do. Whether I wear a long dress to the ground, to the floor, or I put my hair up in a bun, whatever all I do, to look holy is gonna not going to make me holy yeah. because it's a thing of the heart, yeah. right? Now, in John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Yeah. Now, so here I just want to say, so how do we get clean? How do I? Because you know, another word for holy could also be purity, mm. sanctified, yeah. cleansed. How do I become clean? What did Jesus just say? Through the Word. word, And in John 15, 3, he says, Now you are clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. What cleanses me? The Word of God. Not my behavior, not my performance. Mm -hmm. My performance is to know about if I do not have the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and my thoughts renewed. Amen? Mm -hmm. So let me now just... So, we said about gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that comes from an, a Greek word called anadsonoumi. Read this word for me. Philip is Greek. I have an advantage Okay, it doesn't matter. And but and that, know, man, means like... A you relieve it, life. But you know what, that word, it was referring to the Orientals who wore long robes, right? They used to wear, men used to wear long robes. But if they were to run a race, or if they were to go on a long journey, they would take those long robes and they would stick them into the belt so that they could run. Yeah. And so they wouldn't stumble and fall in, in their long robes, right? So, In other words, we have to seek to deal with all the loose ends in our thinking that haven't yet been submitted to the Word of God or surrendered to the Holy Spirit's power. That means we have got to learn to pay attention to what we think. We have got to learn to capture those ungodly thoughts and bring them into obedience to the will of God. Now, I want to make a little illustration. Can you all see? No. Now, First Thessalonians 5:23, that's First Thessalonians 5:23, tells us that we are a three-part being: Spirit, Soul, and body. Now the... Okay. Now... I want to read. In Ephesians 5, 8. Ephesians 5, 8, it says, For you were sometimes darkness. Just imagine, we, we were sometimes darkness. We know that we live in a fallen world, in a dark world. And we were sometimes darkness. Do you know, this is what we were like, darkness. There was no light in us because Jesus is the true light of the world. When we do not have Jesus, we are in complete darkness. Right? It says uh, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. So now remember that this here is my spirit. Now that I receive Jesus, I receive The Holy Spirit. But here I want to show you. Can you see? See, this is an empty glass. I can die of thirst. I can surely die because to survive I need water, the water of life, right? But now when I receive Jesus, I receive some Holy Ghost. I am no longer in danger of dying. Now I have the water of life. Amen? So now it says that. When I receive Jesus, I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is in first mm. e- Ephesians 1.13, I am sealed. That means I am secure. I am safe. Amen? Mm. But, as you will see, I can do more. Jesus has more for me than just a little bit of Holy Spirit. Jesus wants me to be filled to overflowing the abundant life. Not just a drop, not just enough to survive. Mm. He wants to give us above and beyond. Right. Overflowing. Amen. Amen. So that is why many Christians they are happy just to know that they are born again and have escaped hell. But Jesus wants us to be completely, completely filled with Holy Ghost and power. So where the Holy Ghost and his power completely covers us and fills us to overflowing so that we will have enough, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. It will just be an effortless fountain flowing up out of us. But for that, we've got to be filled. Not only born again, but also filled to overflowing. Amen? John three three, Jesus said to him, "Verily I say unto you, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." When we receive Jesus, we are spiritually speaking born again. It is our spirit that is born again. Over here, let me just uncover it. This. this here we know, we remember. This is the soul. This represents our soul. And what's the last part? Body, that's right. Now I didn't plan it, but I thought it was quite significant that this one—it was also supposed to print out, but it came bright, and then less bright, and less bright. And that's very—can you see? Like the first one was bright and red, and then it got less and less. And that's really true to reality, because that is how it is with the light of God in our spirits. Amen. So, now, I just want to say, now that you are born, you and I, now that we are born again, we are filled with the Spirit of God, and we know that the kingdom of God is within us. That means it it's all contained in the Holy Ghost and power. Mm. That means that everything we need for life and godliness is deposited inside of us. Yes, amen. But now, many times, although that is true for us, we don't know how to lay hold of it. Right? So we call for the man or woman of God, and that's okay, When we are babies, newborn babes. We need parents to take care of us. Mm. But so, I just want to show you, we go, we ask for prayer of others, see? Oh. See, can you see this light? Now, now, when I'm a baby Christian, I can go and ask for the, the man or woman of God to shine light on my darkness in order to destroy that darkness, whether that darkness be sickness in my body, whether it be financial ruin, whether it be emotional, heartbreaks, whatever it be, I can ask the man or woman or God to shine that light on, on me to help me get rid of that darkness, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact can you out to close it? But the fact that you have the light inside of you, God wants us to learn how to lay hold on what Amen. we actually Amen. already have. Yeah. I'm not condemning anyone. We've all been babes in Christ that we needed prayer. But God wants us to grow to where we can let this light shine into our soul and body so that we are not only equipped ourselves, but we can also help others. That's why we must grow, and that's why we go to church, that's why we need the local church. Mm. We need the local church to help equip us, so we don't always need to search for the man or woman of God to come and shine their light, because we have the light, it's in us. Amen? But nevertheless, that's also why it's important that we are a body, because in our moment of weakness, somebody can help shine their light and help us. Amen. And we should always, always, always realize we need the body of Christ. God put us in a body. We are not self-sufficient. Now, for the soul, it says in James 1.21, Therefore, lay apart all filthiness and the superfluity of wickedness and receive with meekness, how? With meekness, meekness, the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen. Now, we need to receive the word. Come on. You know what your soul is? It's your emotional life, your intellect, your will, your conscience. Mm-hmm. It's your soul, right? But do you know that there are Christians that are born again, and yet emotionally they're very distraught, very heartbroken, very unhappy, or they can be Poverty Britain, to where they hardly have food to eat. There can be many, many things, but what saves the soul? The spirit is saved, but the soul has not, see, the spirit has been made the righteousness of God. In the spirit, we have the mind of Christ. In the spirit, we are holy, we are pure, we are sanctified, we are redeemed. Uh, whatever I forget to mention, but it's all good. In the spirit, we are one with Christ. John, I mean, 1 Corinthians six seventeen says we are one spirit with Christ. So everything that's true of Jesus Christ, almighty God, is true of our spirit. But we need it to spill over. How can we get that into our souls and into our bodies? And I say into our bodies because if our body is sick in heaven, in the kingdom of God, there is no sickness. Jesus went about healing everybody that came to him. Everybody. That is God's will. He was demonstrating the will of God. The will of God is for us to be healthy, to be strong, to be happy. Amen? Amen. So Now, we see now that by the word of God, so Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they're truth." And we know that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore, we now need this word to come over, spill over. We need our soul to be affected by that light. Amen? Amen. 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 So now, what about last but not least? Here we also have the body. Is the body a bad thing? No, we need the body. If we did not have this body, we could not legally operate upon the earth. There are demonic spirits, bad spirits, but they're illegally upon the earth. Jesus said, the thief climbs up some other way, but the good shepherd enters in by the door. Jesus was legally born into this world. He had a human body. He did everything right and upright, right? we are thankful that we have a body. But to be honest, our body is just like a vehicle. You know, whoever is in the driver's seat, whether it be the spirit or whether it be the flesh. Actually, the Apostle Paul said, in me, that is in my flesh, there's no good thing. Mm -hmm. So, now, I want to show, so let me just read that. Okay. Okay, so now also here concerning the soul, it says in James 1 6 to 8, let not a double minded man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Do you know you now have two minds? You have been given the mind of Christ, which is only spiritually word oriented, right? And Yet you also have your carnal mind. The carnal mind is ruled by our five senses. What we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. So emotions, it's a strong thing that rules there. But just to say, we need the carnal mind. Because if I can neither see nor hear nor smell, how can I safely cross the street? Mm. I cannot. I need my five senses to be able to operate in this world. So. Um, Okay, but now, Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death. If I lean to my own understanding in everything, my mind will never comprehend the kingdom of God, the spiritual reality. So if I deny it, if I reject it, because my carnal mind cannot figure it out, then that is death to me, I will die. I will be separated from it because I don't embrace it, because I can't understand it. That's why to be calmly-minded is death. But to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. So I need to learn, but this is not natural. This is my natural mind. My natural mind is here, and I've been dealing on my, to my own understanding all the Many, many years when I was born and raised until I came to know Christ. Mm. And then, even after that, until I came to know the Word, until mm. I came to know better. So, um, but we do you know that when Jesus forgave us, He forgave our past, present, and future sins. He forgave all sins. If that was not the case, and Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago, if he did not forgive future sins as well, then I would really be in a fix. Because then my sins could not have been forgiven. But even my sins, for all of eternity, he forgave all sins. It is so much more amazing than we can grasp. This love, this goodness, what he did for us, I don't think we will ever, while in these fallible bodies, be able to comprehend the greatness, the greatness of what he did for us. Mm. Amen? Mm. So, so uh, Romans, so, so grace, yes. now I want to say grace has been misunderstood. Hmm? What time is it? 11. Meaning? 15 minutes? Okay. Romans 6, 7 knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. The body of sin. This where all the no-good dwells, Might be done away with, so that it is not what dominates. We used to be ruled by our senses. The ruled, dominated, led by. But now, when that is dead, what happens to something that's dead? It's not going to be able to lead you. It mm, yeah. you know? So might be done away that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. We have now been free. We are free from sin. We are no longer slaves by. We no longer dominant by. We can be completely free. In fact, Jesus this is self-free. But if we don't act free, it's because we default to old habits. <coughs> We have to learn to break old habits. Amen? Therefore, but because of that, because all sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven, mm. this question arose. It says, "What shall?" this is Romans 6, 1 and 2. Romans 6, 1 and 2 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin, that grace may abound? Oh, if everything is already forgiven, the more I sin, the greater grace will be bestowed upon me. So shall I just keep on sinning? What do you think the answer is? No. No, but why is the answer no? Let's just read in Romans 6.16. Romans 6.16. It says, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants you are. Mm. Like we have God on one side, and Satan on the other. Mm-hmm. God is leading us this way, Satan tries to pull us that way. But in the middle, here's my soul, my decision-making center. Who am I gonna follow? Jesus. God? It will cost me to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'll have to deny my flesh the lusts, the things that I like to do, the thing, the easy way out. I'll have to let go, so that's not always easy. But now, so I can just give in to my comfort zone, what I'm used to doing, doing my thing my way, whenever and however. Amen? But let's see now what it says. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself, servants to obey, this servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. If I yield to the flesh, it's going to lead to death, separation from God. Or of obedience unto righteousness. So, we have to learn to obey the Lord. Amen? So, the grace of God is not a license to sin, but it is an empowerment to not sin. You understand? The grace of God, just the fact that everything has been forgiven, does not set us free to sin and do evil and ungodly acts. No, it empowers us to not do those things. Mm-hmm. It says we are called to. Oh yeah, okay. So we are called to be holy, and we know that. So I want to read you. Say, Timid, oh. Titus 2:11 and 12. Titus 2:11 and 12 it says, "For the grace of God that brings salvation." as appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. How are we to live? We are to live soberly, righteously, and godly. When? When we go to heaven one day? No. No. In this present age. But now, we cannot, we cannot do this of ourselves, it is not possible, it's not by performance. Remember it is the word that sanctifies. If I go in a, bed, in a dark room, if I am in darkness, no matter how I behave, I can't get rid of the darkness by myself. The only way, the only way to get rid of darkness is the light. Only light can destroy darkness. And the only true light is Jesus Christ. That's why we need his word every day. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandments of His lips. I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my daily food. Job said, if I have to choose, if there's time only to either spend time in the world with you or to eat physical food, I choose you. He knew how important the word of God was. Yeah. And in uh, 1 Peter two two it says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We are to grow. We are to grow strong so that we can withstand the things that come against us in this life. We cannot just live in hope. Oh, I hope, I hope God wants to equip us He wants to make us strong, so we won't be overcome. We are to be the overcomers. We are to be triumphant, be victorious. But that, ladies and gentlemen, will not happen automatically. The righteousness of God in our soul was quote-unquote automatic, we just received it, it was a gift. But now we have to do our part, we are in relationship, and we have to do our part by allowing that light to flood our souls and thereby also affect our bodies. But this is now up to us. He didn't say you are holy. He said be holy. holy. Be, holy. be pure. Be Amen. clean. Choose. Amen. Live according to this word, and you will have no idea how good God will be to you, no. only by doing, yielding and doing. Amen? Amen. So. Do I have time for another Okay, but it says that our faith becomes effective when we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. And how can I know what is in me? By, by the word of God. In the book of James, it says that this word is like a mirror. See, I know I can feel my body. If you touch me, I can feel it. If you speak kindly to me, my soul feels the kindness. If you speak rough and mean, my soul feels that too, right? So I have, uh, through my senses, I know what's going on in my body and I know what's going on in my soul. But my spirit, the very core of my being, has absolutely no connection to any of my senses. Mm. The only way I can understand or know anything about what is in my spirit is by the Word of God. In the book of James, it says that God's word is like a mirror. I look into it and I see I am accepted, I am beloved, I am holy, I am righteous, I am this, I am that, and I am the other. I would have never known it had I not looked into this mirror that reflected back to me who I truly am, yeah. right? Yeah. But then they said, sadly, some people, they see that and they go away and forget what manner of man they are. Let's not forget who we are in Christ Jesus. Let's not forget our true identity in Christ Jesus. Amen? Because that, that when the enemy comes, because we have an enemy that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Why would he want to devour you? Because if you grow strong in the Lord, you are a threat to this darkness because you will not only have the light, but you will spread the light and you will destroy that darkness. So he comes about, he seeks to devour you, so you will be no threat. So first of all, he see, seeks to make you bow, oh, I'm not going to say anything. No, we don't say because Christianity is called the great confession, you know. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It doesn't say it's in the power of the mind, it doesn't say it's in the power of the heart, It's in the power of the tongue. We are to speak forth the truth. Amen? If I can say a word today, if I stood up here silent, would you be ministered to? No. No, I can't speak forth. And so it is for us. We had to speak forth the word of God. Amen? Amen. So now, I forgot my thought, but maybe it's a good place to stop. Let's see. I just wanted just to... There was a very good section. Maybe I can give you homework. I wanted to to read James 4, 7 to 10. And there are 10 points that that small section instructs us to do. It instructs us to submit to God. Submission means to obey. It instructs us to resist the devil. That means we resist his values and his kingdom and his darkness. We don't give in and agree with it. We resist it and reject it. Mm -hmm. And it tells us to draw near to God. That is now something that's my choice. Do you know that many Christians, they are born again, they have the Spirit of God, but when you meet them, you could never tell. Mm. Why? Because they failed to draw near. They failed to draw near to God so that that light, that power of God might be visible in them. Right? We have. That is now our choice. You got it, but you got it draw near. We got to draw near. Amen. It's a personal relationship with Him. We draw near through getting in the Word, getting in the prayer, praising the Lord, being part of the body of Christ. But that is our part. Mm. Jesus is not going to do it all, and you cannot do it all. Yeah. we have to work together. He's already done His part. Now we need to do our part, mm. and we are to cleanse our hands. Do you know that sin, like dirt, it sticks to you but you are to get rid of it. How we clean? Sanctify them through your word. Mm. Your word is truth. Now you're clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. Not by your own performance, Mm. not by your own, oh, I'm going to behave really good now so God can be. No, you get clean through the word of God. The word washes our dirty minds rid of the filth of sin. We need that daily washing in the word of God. And we are to purify our hearts That means we need to allow the Word to expose bad attitudes, wrong motives and get our hearts in the right place with Him, humble, expose the pride, all those things that the enemy seeks to use to work against us. And we are to not be double-minded. We just don't, oh no, I just want to do whatever I feel like, oh no, now I want to obey. Make up your mind. Commit. You can't go back and forth, back and forth. Don't be double-minded. If you're double-minded, if you commit now and don't, it says don't let that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. We cut ourselves off from the mighty blessings God wants to give us when we are double-minded. Now I obey, now I don't. Now I do my own thing, now I don't. It's like if I want to fill my water bottle here, if I put my bottle under the tap, if I keep swinging it, am I going to get any water in it? Um, no. So you got it. Having done all, you stand, you stay there, stay. and allow yourself to be under the tap and get filled up to overflowing. Reject all the other stuff and stay there in one place. Amen. Amen. So, number seven, be afflicted. Ah. That means you, we ought to be able to feel shame, a little bit of shame for our wrongdoing. When we know we really violated the goodness of God, the will of God, we ought to do. But we are not called to permanent sadness, but there has to be enough to be a repentance in our hearts. And then it says to mourn, be sorry about it. Let's be sorry about our wrongdoing and let's have true repentance that comes from the heart not just lip service, but a heartfelt repentance. Amen? Amen? But no condemnation. We don't go under condemnation. We say, I'm sorry, I do it, and we are completely forgiven immediately. Immediately. Amen? Amen? But God just like us to be in a, a real relationship with Him. And number ten, number nine, turn our joy into heaviness. But so, don't be like hard. So turn our joy. So we can be all privileged and whatever all, but don't be light-hearted about wrongdoing. Let's sober up. It's not a light matter. We are servants of the of the one we yield to, right? So we need to realize if we yielded ourselves to the enemy, that has detrimental effect, not just for us, but also for those whom the Lord would have us reach, right? So. Number 10, last but not least, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Jesus is Lord, Lord. What does it mean when somebody is Lord? That means we submit. Jesus said to some, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do the no. things that I say. You know, let's not just have lip service. Yeah, yeah, you're Lord. What, you want me to forgive Philip? No, no way. Then he's not Lord, then I'm not making him Lord. If he says forgive somebody, yes, Lord. Because in spirit and in truth, not just in words, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's something we have. God wants <laughs> our heart. Because I guess we want he said. "Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Let's all together say, Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Jesus Jesus is Lord. Lord. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.